Sin Media acknowledges and pays respect to the people of the Woi Wurrung and Bun Wurrung language groups of the Eastern Kulin Nations on whose unceded lands the Sin office and studios stand. Sin Media respectfully acknowledges their ancestors and elders, past, present and emerging. Sin Media also acknowledges the traditional custodians and their ancestors of the lands and waters across Australia where our content reaches and on which Sin partner organisations stand. Sovereignty has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Naughty Rude show on Sin. Today, you are joined by myself, Indy and Tammy. Hello. Hello. And we have a stellar lineup for you guys. We're going to be talking about sexology, cheating, self-care. We're going to be reintroducing our topic, the vibe. Um, If you didn't get the pun from last week, then be sure to keep tuning in. Um, We're going to be talking about STIs as well. Um, If you would like to submit a question for us to answer on the radio station, then you can look us up on Linktree, linktr.ee at the uh, slash, sorry, The Naughty Rude Show. Um, you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at The Naughty Rude Sin. If you are needing some extra help um, for any of the topics that we talk about today, we can uh, direct you to Beyond Blue, 1300 224 636 or the Kids Helpline, 1-800-55-1800. Um, or Q Life Helpline 1-800-184-527. Those numbers are all available uh, for you to seek um, counselling help uh, over the phone. Indy, uh, we have a cool topic that we want to talk about. The topic is Chantelle Odden. This is a woman who happens to be Dylan Alcott's girlfriend. Um, and I thought it was very interesting. I hadn't heard of her name. I'd, and then I Googled her and I said, I only know her because she's dating Dylan Alcott, but turns out, I mean, I'm sure the listeners will know that she's a very prominent and very knowledgeable sexologist, which is actually very fitting for our show, The Naughty Root Show. Um, But it actually made me reflect on how, like, women are identified and known in the public spheres um, as often and traditionally in relation to the partner they're dating or the family they're from, the father they have. Tammy, I wanted to ask you, had you heard of Chantelle Odden other than the fact that she's dating Dylan Alcott? I unfortunately didn't, um, and I wish that I did, and I'm glad that I do know her now. Um, I follow Dylan Alcott because I think he's just the sweetest man. He's so lovely. Um, and, yeah, literally I found her through um, his dog's Instagram. They have an Instagram for um, wow. their little dash hound, which is That's the serious. sweetest, cutest little dog yeah and yeah I was following that and then I was like oh my god no he has a partner oh my god no she's a sexologist and yeah she's really really interesting and really Mm. really cool but I think that you're so right with this weird narrative of oh it's so-and-so's girlfriend I mean also so-and-so's oh yeah no so-and-so's girlfriend yeah so-and-so's girlfriend (laughs) it's always it tends to be something in relation yeah it oftentimes tends to be in relation to men. I was having a conversation today um, about Zendaya, who 
Zendaya is amazing, is gorgeous, is phenomenal, but she was referred to as, oh, yeah, Tom Holland's girlfriend. Whoa. Which blew my mind because. Who right, was that? Was that Zendaya. a girlfriend or who? What, no, it was what a girl. Person? It was one of my work colleagues. We were just really? hanging out at work chilling and she's like, oh, yeah, Tom Holland's girlfriend. I was like, oh, my God. Mm, that's interesting because Zendaya, I didn't realise who she was and what kind of, like how she came to be on the Hollywood scene, but apparently she was like a Disney person. Um, I think I was yeah. older than her um, years, but I can imagine if you weren't like if you didn't know her from the start, you would, and if you knew Tom Holland from Spider Man, of course you'd make that. Um, I don't know association, and the same thing happened for George Clooney's wife Amal. Um, already forgot her mm. last name because now she's a Clooney. I can't believe my brain just forgot that. But. Um, <laughs> I remember all the newspapers being like, oh, um, Amal um, <laughs> uh, is dating an actor and they tried uh, explicitly to not be like, oh, George Clooney's girlfriend because she was just as successful in her career as George and it was they were making a conscious effort not to refer her just in relation to her partner. Um, do you remember that coming out in the newspapers at all, Tammy? I don't remember that, unfortunately, oh. but... It is exciting that they were trying to be conscious about yeah. how to refer to it, not comparing her to her partner. But I do think it is unfortunately very, very rare. Mm. Yeah. It's, I um, think there are a few select powerful women that are referred to before their partners. Yeah. I reckon it's like the queen. Um, Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. Beyonce. I don't know if that's like just us that thinks that. I wonder if you ask a guy and that would be the reverse. Um, even from a like a fatherly stance as well, though, like Paris Hilton always being referred to as, you know, the Hilton child from the Hilton hotels that mm. her grandfather and her father helped to build. Mm. You know, and- where granted she has, you know, paved her own way and done her own thing um, in a whole different line of work and for many, many different reasons, but still still to this day referred to as oh yeah one of the Hilton children Mm. yeah and it doesn't just stop there with I guess Hollywood culture um I've known through my medical studies that it's interesting how students or younger medical people will talk about the doctors that they look up to and a lot of the time it is male doctors and um it's funny because I found myself like revering some you know male doctors as well and I think why and is that because they're more successful because they haven't had to do the home domestic duties as opposed to female counterparts or is that because I have like some subconscious sexism that makes them automatically like more um of a leader more of a role model because of that like very patriarchal view that still exists in medicine um But it's just like rounding back to the start of this conversation, it's so interesting to talk about and realise your own subconscious biases with viewing women in relation to the male counterparts. Hope you're all enjoying the topics. So we've got some uh, sticklers to get into afterwards. Um, We'll come back to you after the break. Hello and welcome back to the Naughty Rude Show here on Sin. You're with Tammy and Indy and... I'm moving into a topic that um, really tickled my brain the other day. I was re-watching um, a show that I really enjoy called You Can't Ask That. 
and they were talking to people. Great show, interesting show. And it was an episode where they were talking to people who have um, cheated on their partners and talking about their experiences cheating on their partners and their regrets and their hopes and where it's taken them in the future. And I think it's a really interesting topic because I feel like we often talk about the consequences of cheating on the partner, but never Mm. the cheater. Yeah, and it was just an interesting standpoint. Do you have any broad opinions on cheating before we delve into it, Indy? Opinions, yeah. Gosh, it's such a, like, ubiquitous thing. It almost, I mean, I'm going to get a bit philosophical here. I feel like the way that cheating is portrayed in the media and in, like, what you hear through other people's personal lives, it seems like it happens so much. And I feel like that questions my, I guess, views on, like, monogamy, polygamy, all this traditional relationship stuff that apparently we're supposed to adhere to. And I guess my opinions on cheating are just make me question the structure of relationships themselves because I think if so many people do it, then how how can you kind of banish a whole population to being like these sinful satanistic acts? And as you said, Tane, there's like two sides to it. Like there was obviously the cheatee who's obviously heartbroken, but there's a cheater who they go through an emotional journey and this self-growth, self-realization part. Um, I think Beyonce and Jay-Z went through that um, just to hark back to the beehive from our previous segment. But, yeah, I don't think I've said much in this little babble, Tammy, but it just it's an interesting human behaviour that I'm intrigued by, really. No, what it is. The- and yeah. I think that you said, like, what you were saying about our, you know, the kind of socially accepted standard of monogamy is a questionable, you know, point because, you know, that is what society generally deems acceptable and that is generally societally the norm um which is fine and all but then why do we break why do we set the rule to break it Mm. Mm. which is interesting why do we have the rule in the first place Mm. and I feel like it all does go back to when we were talking about polyamory on last week's show um which you can listen to um on on our podcast but um you know, monogamy just isn't for some people. And that was interesting when I was re-watching You Can't Ask That because there were some people on there that were just like, yep, it was a self-realisation process for me and I just realised that monogamy isn't my thing. I can't do monogamy and I do regret hurting this person but I don't regret my actions because that made me who I am today and I'm now in more fulfilling relationships because I know what I, I, know what I need. I know what my standards are. I know what my expectations are. I know what I need. And was it a minority of the people on that show that were not remorseful? What was the breakdown? Well, see, I think it was different categories of remorseful. Some people were still with their partners and were very remorseful because, you know, that's a constant strain that they have um, unfortunately left on that relationship. But they've been, I guess, mature enough to be able to move past that, strong enough to move past that. Um, it's a very brave thing to do. Yeah. Um, and then there were some people that have left their partners and all their partners had left them and they just felt remorseful because, you know, they hurt somebody or, um, you know, maybe they didn't go about it in the right way. And then there were just some people that were like, yeah, no, I did this because my partner was terrible and I didn't like my partner and that was my way of leaving. Like there was a wide spectrum of, you know, the thought process of behind why they did it mm. and how they got to that point. And, mm. you know, so obviously moving on from that 
people had different takeaways from the whole experience, which again is so interesting because we often just hear from the person who was cheated on, um, who is often heartbroken and I can't blame them because, you know, their understanding for their relationship was that that was not going to happen. Mm. Tammy and I have a feeling the girl power today. We're really feeling, you know, usually have Zach and Jacob here, um, you know, love the boy energy, but um, sometimes there's lovely room for a bit of girl power. We've been talking about, um, you know, Chantelle Odden and she's a sexologist, happens to be dating Dylan Alcott. And we wanted to like, you know, bring her back to the spotlight in her own right as a sexologist. Um, And speaking of, you know, sexology and I guess, self-realization which I think is becoming the theme of tonight um our next segment is talking about self-care Tammy and I are having a conversation about this before we went on air um off mic you might say and um I feel like self-care was the was the word was the phrase of 2020 um but now that we're back out of lockdowns here in Melbourne now that we're back into the treadmill and I guess city slicker life that's just trawling past me at a Ferrari speed I've forgotten about self-care um and you know I had a whole routine during lockdown I had meditation I had journaling I had like runs and I just life started end of 2021 and I've been projectile back into my uni year and forgotten and not done all of those things and found myself a bit legless um so Tammy what were your self-care things during the pandemic and have you felt like it's been harder to keep them up Um, now that we're back to kind of pretty normal life see I'm trying to reflect back now and quite frankly now that I actually think about it because I do remember as you were saying when we were talking off air we were talking about how you know self-care was kind of the hot topic it was the the word of the pandemic (laughs) where everybody was really getting on top of that and looking after themselves but quite honestly I think that I've reverted back into that more that we've gone you know back to quote-unquote normal life Yeah, I feel like during the lockdown in particular, I was hanging off of my friends and hanging off of my partner and hanging off of my parents and my family who I couldn't be with. And yeah, just trying to really grasp onto my social horizons. Whereas (laughs) now that I can have those social situations, I think that I'm back on the self-care train a lot more than I once was like I'm back Mm. to exercising regularly I didn't do that during lockdown I was my own worst enemy um my skincare is flawless again because people to see me often yeah um yeah the more that I think about this I'm actually the opposite Mm. what's your so you've got skincare so you've got um social connections you've got um exercise what are the other things? Like, do you take yourself out for like a pampering? Like what else is in there? Oh, I wish I could take myself out for a pampering. <laughs> I journal a lot, lots and lots of journaling. Yeah. Um, a really exciting thing um, that actually I guess I did start during lockdown that has stuck with me. Um, really hope that I don't lose that because that is one of the most exciting parts of my day. <laughs> mm. Um. During something that I have fell out of that was, um, I guess, my self-care routine during lockdown was um, I've let go of the hobby that I picked up. I, like Mm. many people, picked up a hobby during the lockdown, which was roller skating. And it was really fun and it was really good to do during lockdown because it meant that I could go outside and I was learning a new skill. And, you know, I felt the, the breeze in my hair as I fell off my skates onto the 
onto the cold hard pavement. But um, were you on? <laughs> um, were you on the sidewalk? The the sidewalk. Were you on the pavement? <laughs> were you on the pavement? See, or you on the road. Sometimes. I was mostly on a basketball court near my house. I'd go to yeah. this basketball court and I'd go around and around and around in circles. And Whoa. then when I was sick of that, I'd go the other way in circles around and around. Did you listen to podcasts or like music or anything when you're doing it? I listen to music. I listen to lots and lots of playlists. Um, yeah. 70s disco was the most common go-to. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like really dropped the self-care ball. Um, as I said, like wasn't running, wasn't meditating. Um, but today uh, I took myself out for a haircut and I got a shag cut. I don't know, Tanya, if you can see over the Zoom. Um, and I can then see I, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. I love it. Beautiful. Um, girl power <laughs> here today on Sin Naughty Rude Show. And um, then I like went shopping around Fitzroy. Um, sometimes like it's really nice to take yourself out for a pampering. You don't have to be like efficient or task focused or like doing a job or like studying just there to like I don't know live be in the present enjoy a moment of I guess grooming and I feel we've talked on the show yeah see I was gonna say the word grooming but I didn't know if the word grooming was right yeah yeah (laughs) hello and welcome back to the naughty root show here on sin I'm Tammy and we're moving into the segment which I'm calling the vibe um the vibe where we talk about sex toys how to use them how to use them on your partner how to be safe with them I don't know um the vibe we're in the vibe and today we are talking about cock rings so starting off what do we know about cock rings mm, you're throwing me in the deep end here because it's just you and me Tammy um but I will <laughs> rise I will rise to the challenge cock rings what do I know about them um well if we break it down cock uh and rings so it's it's uh it's an attachment that goes around the cock correct yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) See, this is my thing about cock rings. I think the cock rings are one of the most underappreciated sex toys because they're just good. They're good. They're great. They're easy to use. They're versatile. You can use them on yourself. You can use them with a partner. Yeah, you are correct. It is a ring that does, in fact, go around the penis. Um, It is invented for people with penises, and the idea of it is that – it will, sorry, it is something to be inserted. Well, I'm what tripping up my Tammy? words here. What I was going to say inserted, but like, I guess you put it around. You put it around the shaft when you um, have an erection or at least a semi. The idea of it is that it's going to kind of cut off the blood flow. So it's going to let blood flow into the penis not and limiting it from flowing back. So um, great for people with erectile dysfunction. Um, because it's obviously going to keep the erection for a bit longer. It can last, it can help you to last longer um, during sex. It can give you um, bigger orgasms, more exciting, I more. Did not yeah. know any of that. Like, I didn't And know see, that's what I'm saying. They are phenomenal. They are so good. Wow. But boys don't want to put something around their penis, yeah. which is fine because it can be daunting, but there are ways around it. There are some that, um, are just hard wouldn't recommend that for a beginner um we have adjustable ones that are for beginners they can be made of like velcro um or like little kind of lasso style adjusters yeah you can have some that are made of silicon that obviously just you can stretch put it on there fits nice and snugly 
you can get some that vibrate, which is exciting for, you know, if you for were using, yeah. yeah, exciting for a partner, mm. exciting for you to feel around there. It's stimulating. You can get ones that um, cup around the testicles. Um, you can get some that have butt plugs attached to them. Wow. Phenomenal. Diverse. Yeah. You can use it on. Diverse. Yeah. And like what type of sex are we talking about? We're talking about like hetero, we're talking about, you know, guy and guy, men have sex with men. Like it, it sounds diverse. So I imagine it wouldn't be limited to just one type of sex. Well, exactly. Any and all. Um, it's great if you're, yeah, doing penetration. It's great if you're masturbating. Um, like I said, there are ones that have um, butt plugs that are attached. So great if you're masturbating or if you're into that, um, use it with a partner. Yeah. Probably super duper intense, probably oh. super duper exciting. I wonder if it would like almost il- eliminate the need for partner sex because it would literally like, it would literally tick all your boxes if it had like all the attachments, the vibration, the testicle cupping, the butt plug. It would, I mean, maybe this is a question. If you're listening, if you're a sin listener right now and you have used, please submit to our anonymous link tree, linktr.ee slash the naughty rude uh, show. And I, we would love to hear your experiences and thoughts on how to use a cock ring. That would be awesome. So please send through because obviously us girls, um, Tammy and I, are <laughs> can't, maybe we should have waited for the boys to come on the, the episode so we could have um, had more input. <laughs> Quiz them on it. Quiz them. Yes, exactly See what the right. real feelings are. <laughs> yeah, last year there were reports, a lot of reports come out um, about STI and STD outbreaks in the Melbourne area, um, most notably syphilis and gonorrhea. Well, mm. Indy, with your medical knowledge, please, can you tell us about these STDs and how to avoid them, how they work, everything? Yeah, I am, guys, I am so excited okay. to delve into this topic because I learned about this like a couple of years ago, um, starting med. Three STIs are on the rise, syphilis, gonorrhea and chlamydia they're on the rise and tammy as previously you said you think the syphilis is like this archaic like medieval sti but what's happening is is we're seeing all of three of those things increase that was the part of the news article that you read um it's an evolving epidemic um there's been like 200 let's get these facts right um 220 spike in syphilis infections in women this is a problem because not only are STIs bad because they're an infection, um, gonorrhea, you know, in in males causes discharge from the penis or when people have a penis discharge. Chlamydia, the same. Um, chlamydia, a bit more insidious and asymptomatic in women. Um, but syphilis is a bit more complicated and a bit more scary um, because we have ongoing effects. Um, so syphilis, there's like three stages of infection. There's primary secondary tertiary um, and the scary thing um, is that if you don't treat it it will progress and eventually um, get worse and worse so syphilis the primary phase is you get inoculated you get infected and you get these painless ulcers um, the secondary phase if you don't treat it and it develops is you get these rashes on your palms and your soles you get like the swollen lymph nodes and glands in your body you get a fever The last phase, the tertiary phase, is you actually get ulcerative lesions in the tissue, which means the tissue, the lining of your organs, 
the skin of you know um, is breaking down yeah. and you're having bleeding and then it can progress to neurosyphilis you can actually get brain tumors um, and personality changes caused by untreated syphilis that is hardcore. Yeah, it is hardcore, Tammy. It is really hardcore. Do you know what the, their most cooked thing is? The first antibiotic that was ever made still works for syphilis. Oh, penicillin. Okay. Yeah. Penicillin. Penicillin. And there are so oh. many. Yeah, there are so many diseases that are now resistant to so many antibiotics and, you know, so many untreatable things but the og penicillin is still able to treat syphilis it is so easy that is so interesting yeah so part of the wow yeah obviously something to look out for a lot of them are so treatable chlamydia you just give them an antibiotic Uh, syphilis same deal antibiotic gonorrhea same deal antibiotic um when you're talking about a virus such as hiv or herpes that's a bit more different because there's um, a bit more complexity with removing the bug from your body. But these, look, I don't, I'm finding a weird silver lining for the rapid rise in STIs in Melbourne, but these three ones that are on the rise are very treatable. But, yeah, Tammy, like how did you come across this article and do you find it horrifically scary? What, what do you think about it? <laughs> well, I have a nurse mother who does not live in Melbourne who I love very much but every time anything bad happens in Melbourne she sends an article my way and one day she sent an article my way about syphilis and she was just like be careful don't be an idiot Mm. um to which I was like okay mum firstly sick thank you secondly syphilis what yeah only because in my mind like you know kid doing sex education in school it's like okay gonorrhea common it's out there chlamydia it's common out there be careful syphilis is like oh yeah that existed in the 1800s that's Mm -hmm. why um that's a big reason why the royal family wore wigs and a lot of important people wore wigs because yeah because they were balding because that was the that's a side effect I guess that syphilis has um and yeah covering their sores and this and that apparently this is according to my hairdresser friend who studied it but (laughs) yeah like when I think of syphilis fact check me yeah but um yeah when I think of syphilis I'm like okay yep an old schooly an old schooly thing yeah compared to chlamydia and gonorrhea which is more common but before I was just reading a really interesting article about um about the rising epidemic and you know the response to it and I was reading this really interesting article about how the science like there are scientists that are using genomic sequencing um to kind of track where the outbreaks are and how they're moving in this and that quite similar to how you know they tracked COVID-19 outbreaks and things like that but there is this one sentence that's blowing my mind about the Royal Victorian Eye and Ear Hospital reporting um a significant increase in patients with ocular syphilis mm-hmm. excuse me mm-hmm I had no idea that that was a thing. Yeah. I mean, these bugs can really affect any part of your body. Um, when you, like Tammy and I were talking about, you, to all the listeners, Tammy and I were talking about ocular um, syphilis, but the first thing I thought of was ocular chlamydia and ocular gonorrhea. Like, I'm sorry that these three particular STIs keep coming up, but they are all like a bacterial STI and they're actually a little all, cluster. They're all connected. They're all a cluster. We actually are taught the STIs hunting packs. You know, if you've got one, you most, most likely have another one. But um, these three all affect the eye and they uh-huh. have, yeah. So if you're born 
with um, syphilis or chlamydia or gonorrhea because your mum has it, um, often you'll get um, eye discharge, eye conjunctivitis. Yeah. So it's, you know. These- Wait, hold on. So you can be born with STDs as well or yes. STIs? Yeah, yeah. So if, you're, if your mother is unlucky enough to have um, STI when she gives birth to you, um, you can, it's called vertical transmission from mother to child. The transmission is, you know, between generations. Yeah, so that's something that wow. in particular, yeah, is screened for in pregnant women because it has, it can cause stillbirth. It can cause all these issues um, in children that do, you know, progress to be born. Um, and I hope you guys all enjoyed that little bit of um, medical gas bagging. I, I know I did because I got to talk about something that, um, you know, is very interesting that I, I find interesting. Um, but we will leave you for tonight. We really gas bagged tonight uh, with the girl power Tammy and I brought listening to the Naughty Rude show on Sin. Bye. Bye.